A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey guys, Rachel here. We're back with a bonus episode that we recorded from last weekend's North London Derby. As part of a collaboration between Arsenal and the creative agency In Motion Collective, we hosted a panel ahead of the match in front of an audience of various creatives, ambassadors and those really invested in the women's game. I was joined by Lucy Monkman, aka DJ Monkey, and Arsenal mad content creator Bella Andrewartha to talk about the amazing buzz after the Euros, how the women's game is continuing to grow, and what steps need to be taken to both preserve and develop the culture around the game. Enjoy! Thank you very much. Welcome, guys. I love that this is called Making History Together because we are actually involved in a history-making event again today. And no, I don't mean being on an upfront podcast, although we haven't done a live recording yet, so this is quite exciting. But as of now, 52,000 tickets have been sold for this game and are still being sold. Ooh, that was good timing. <laughs> that was nice, I like that. But I think give yourselves a round of applause because you are all part of Making History now today, so which is pretty cool. So Salon introduced us all. We've got Lucy, a.k.a. DJ Monkey. Hi, guys. Hello. We've got Bella over here. You're part Hi of the Victoria Park Vixens. Welcome, welcome. So we're going to talk a little bit today about the women's game, culture, identity. I think if we maybe cast our minds back 55 days, give or take a couple of hours, England lifting that trophy 
winning the Euros. How does that make you feel? Do you guys get goosebumps when you think back to that? How many people in this room have Euros tattoos? Stick your hand up. It's quite a few of us. Okay, cool. We can share afterwards. <laughs> yeah, mad. Crazy. Probably one of the most, no, the most exciting sporting moment of my life and the most proud. Hands in the air who bawled their eyes out at full whistle. I love that. Yeah, yeah. mad. Um, and yeah, something I'll look back for the rest of my life, I think. Hands down, hands down. Like, it was written out, it was, it was always meant to be them, do you know what I mean? Like, home crowd, whatever, but your gas is England, you gas your nation's won, but you can't help but be happy for them, do you know what I mean? It's a little like, if the men won, it's, it's cool, like, you're happy, but you, it means more, do you know what I mean? You see what it means to them. Yeah, I'm real, I'm real. Do you still get, like, when you hear clips from it, when you hear, like, Alatoon, or, you know, it's in, Chloe Kelly, you know, or we can, we can finally say it's coming home. Do you still get that, oh, those chills? Yeah, definitely. I, and it's kind of the one rare occasion where I actually will go back to videos I took on my phone and watch them back. Most videos you take on your phone, you never watch again, right? There's this one clip of me and my mates. We got Chloe, Ke uh, Chloe Kelly's goal on, on video and the goal goes in and then it's basically six of us screaming at the camera for a good like two minutes. And it brings me like so much joy watching that moment. And I'm not really one for like having phones out all the time. And it's the only video I actually took during the final, but I'm so happy I like captured that, that moment. Yeah, it is special. I'm the same. I'm always like, live in the moment, guys, but actually so glad I have those little clips, you know, just to go back on and, and get those those feelings again. How do you feel, at the tournament in general, do you feel like there was an identity? Do you feel like it kind of captured women's football identity? You know, what makes it kind of different? What makes it unique? How did you feel during the tournament as a whole? Uh, it didn't, it didn't. Like, obviously... What happened at that Euros was unreal. Like, I'd be walking at the bus stop and you're hearing, like, aunties talk about, like, women's football. Do you know what I mean? You, like, be at the greasy spoon, you're hearing guys talk about England and it's England women. Like, that's nuts. It's unheard of. Obviously, like, a lot of uh, controversy about, like, it was quite white and stuff like that. And that's something else to, like, focus on whatever. But what they've done captured the heart of the nation. And, like, yeah, it's unreal. Unreal. I'm gassed. And in terms of like around the match day experience, you know, did you kind of get involved in any of that? Did you go to any of the fan parks? Did you go to any pre-match parties, post-match parties, watch-alongs? Yeah, I went to uh, a pre-match thing in a park in, I think it was Southampton. And then obviously like Box Park after Wembley, which was just like the who's who of women's football all in one place. Um, loads of people from like Instagram I recognised and we'd both got like that, but we've never actually met before. Um, so yeah, I think that there's more, there's like more that can be done for that. Um, and cause we've got sp such a special community in women's football. It, it does, it feels very different to, to men's games, way more like, you know, welcoming. And I went to the, I went to the Euros men's final and it was just a completely different vibe. It was almost like, it was just so aggy and like, I didn't get that. I never get that at women's games to be fair, but, um, yeah, I think a match day experience is something that clubs like Arsenal can really build on and um, it, we can make it something, you know, unique and special. Do you think maybe that Dutch march we could uh, get somehow involved and in? maybe one of the teams could pick up that or the Swedish march on this? Is that too much to ask for coming to a game? Coming to Barnwood maybe um, marching in? <laughs> um, let's look a little bit closer to home then. Is there stuff do you feel we could learn from the Euros or maybe things that were lacking at the Euros that we could look to try and 
bring into the women's game here. We've got, we saw incredible crowds. I mean, we've got so many new fans or even just more engaged fans who maybe were on the periphery before, but maybe feel more included and, and feel like they can come down to watch a match now. How do we capitalize on that? How do we turn that kind of interest into passionate fans? You know what I would say is is momentum, right? Like, there are not many good things come out of COVID, but what you've got right now is, like, the women's Euros, madness, like, the whole nation's gassed, and now we've got a World Cup for the men in the winter, unheard of. Like, there's momentum there, and then, boom, come out of that, what's happening next year? Women's World Cup, like, you just can't let these things slip. Like, what's happening right now is exciting because, like, we're on the cusp of this, do you know what I mean? Like, like fast forward, like, the 90s, right? Um, like the UK tried to ban grime music, right? And then fast forward a few years, Dizzy Rascal, Josh Boy in the Corner, wins the Murphy Prize. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to build on these things, so don't let it slip. Like what's happening right now, you've got to keep it going. You're both kind of involved in, in women's football, obviously. Have you seen anything? I mean, I know the seasons are relatively new, we're only a few weeks in, but have you seen a change? Yeah, I went to the Arsenal game um, against Brighton on Friday. Uh, and I mean, it was, I don't know when it sold out, but it was Ram. And I think I've been to a few midweek games with Arsenal before. Um, and I've never seen it that full, given it, you know, it was a Friday night, it was the first game of the WSL season for Arsenal. But it felt like the buzz was still going. And like that is something that we cannot lose. All these people in the room, like, will still have it. But it's about making sure that the interest stays with the sort of wider population. So we can see this place selling tickets, 50,000 tickets, not just on this occasion against Spurs, but it keep going throughout the season. Essentially, we want the, we want the women to play here. Like, that's what we want to see, right? Boreham great, and it has its own special moments, and it's a small ground, it's really intimate. But the end goal is seeing this place full week in, week out. And I think we can all probably play a part in that. You, you touched on hearing people at bus stops and stuff talking about um, the Euros, women's Euros, but how many people here have found, like, someone you work with or a family member kind of because of you suddenly getting interest, asking you questions about women's football, who won or this person scored. You know, I know, you know, Sophie's grandma down there, my grandmother-in-law suddenly started keeping all the newspapers and, and I've got Beth in there for you. She was on a magazine, you know, first name terms. So I think maybe realizing the, the impact you guys can personally have in growing the game. Like, you know, we, we might not be getting 50,000 people just between us here, but you could be getting five, 10, 15 more people coming down regularly to a game. And that's, that's huge. And I think that's a really special thing within the women's game as well. Would you agree? Yeah, hands down. Like when, when England won the Euros, like when I went to work, they, they, they were talking to me like I was on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, I, like I, I'll take it. Like I'll take it. Like it's, it's a beautiful thing. And all of a sudden everyone, everyone wants to congratulate you and stuff like that. And I think it's important, this like, this like celeb factor. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what the women's game was missing. Like they didn't have this publicity, this exposure, this celeb factor. Like you could, you could be in the post office, right? And you could be in front of like, the number one badminton player in the world. Like, you wouldn't know because we don't glamorise badminton like that. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's <laughs> on the list, though, right? <laughs> but that's what, like, the men's game has that the women's game was missing. And now you turn on the TV and Lucy Bronze and Domino's advert. Like, and that's a beautiful thing. Like, that's kind of what we should have had for a hot minute. So, yeah. Was anyone else congratulated when England won? I know I was multiple times. Like, we were, <laughs> yeah, we were all looking congratulated. Felt lovely. Felt like we were really involved in it. Um, let's talk about, like, both Gooners, obviously. Men's being a men's fan versus a women's fan, is there a difference? What's the difference if so? Or is it is it all just about being a gooner? 
Yeah, I think for me, it's just it's just a bit about being Gunnar. I think the nice thing about the Arsenal team we have at the moment is we have we have Arsenal fans within the team. You know, you've got Beth Mead, Leah Williamson, Lotta. Um, they've been in the academy since they were really young. They know they know what it means to beat Spurs. You know, they know what that feels like. So, I think when it comes to yeah, men's, I've I've always supported Arsenal since I was a kid. So. At the beginning, to be fair, there was no women's team to support, really. Like, I, I didn't know about it because, you know, it wasn't in the newspaper. I'm, I'm, I'm really old. Like, we didn't have... In, we had internet, but, like, it wasn't... Like... <laughs> C-fax, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Die text. Modem, yeah. I don't know. Um, so, it, you know, you couldn't find out about the women's side. Um, and now that, obviously, it's way more sort of put in front of you, then it's much easier to support the club as a whole rather than, you know, one side or the other. And I think because the women's game is still relatively in its infancy, and I know that probably annoys all of us here who've been following it for years, but if we're comparing it to the men's game, it feels like that culture and that identity is still malleable. Like we can all still contribute to it and shape it. Men's football, maybe it feels a little bit impenetrable, that kind of culture that's being created. Whereas I wonder, does that kind of, is that what makes people feel more included or feel like they can get involved because we're still shaping that identity? Yeah, I'd say hands down. I think Arsenal's always been a club that's like had a bit of swagger to it. Do you know what I mean? I'm t- even like when we weren't doing great, it's always a club that's been quite like proud. So like I'm the same as you. Like I was quite late to women's football because it just wasn't there. Do you know what I mean? Like, I could just watch men's football because that's that's what was there. But I just remember when I did get into women's football, Arsenal ladies were just the top. Like they were amazing. Obviously, Arsenal men's team done the Invincibles, and I'd love to see some kind of just a little bit more unison. Do you know what I mean? If if you're the Arsenal men's club, like you have such a big platform, just do you know what I mean? You, it, it helps to promote the women's team, whether it's organically or you know in your face. Like I think that's quite important. I don't know whether they were the first ones, but it's certainly the first one I remember is the kit launches where they started using you know the men's and the women's team and I remember the one they did like there was a whole video like incredible video I've still got the song on my head I can't sleep isn't that one um really really class video and that stuck with me and and we started seeing much more of that we saw other teams getting their men and women's teams involved in, in the kit drops and the launches and all the content that they're doing it's good that we're seeing that right like it's it's good that we're seeing both of them come together create that one club mentality yeah definitely um, when we we went to the to Colney to film this basically like the return of the girls coming back with their medals and stuff and what was really nice actually was um the men's team came out and like sort of gave them a guard of honor and we were asked to capture sort of that moment and you saw all the England men's players come over to to Mead and Leah and everyone and it felt very natural like we didn't coordinate it at all and you'll see the video somewhere online but it was just very special I think and you know I, t- I was just standing there like watching what was going on and I heard someone go Mido I turned around and it was Ramsdale I was like this is sick like this is this is exactly what we want but do you know what I love as well like touching on that so I think like the Arsenal ladies were at, like one of the men's games the other day and they must have scored. Arsenal scored, and like Lee Williamson's in like the crowd, just like yeah, go on, go on. And I was like, I love that attitude because how many times you see like an injured player in the stands, and your your team just won, and you just like like her attitude when Arsenal scored, like she was one of the like on the pitch. I was like, we need that. Like that unison is beautiful. Do you feel like Arsenal are kind of leading the way when it comes to that kind of thing in, in creating that one club mentality when it comes to? the content they're push, pushing out. Obviously, you guys are involved in that. Um, but do you think they're leading the way? Yeah, I think so. I w- I'd yeah, proudly say that. Um, I don't know. Well, I don't know because I don't follow Chelsea or them lot, so... <laughs> so <I'm 
<laughs> so I'm just gonna say yes. <laughs> like hands down, I think like you've got ambassadors like even like Ian Wright, like he's he's done so much for Arsenal, but so much for women's football. And when you have somebody like that just batting for your team, it helps. Like you do see a lot of good unison. Yeah, I think we can all agree he's an incredible ambassador, not just for the club, but like promoting women's football. I'm Alicia Ferguson, a former Australian international footballer, now TV producer. Um, I'm also project manager on the Disney Plus docuseries on the Matildas, which comes out in April 2023. I'm quite unique because I used to play for the Aussie national team and now I've transferred and moved over to the UK where you're saturated by football and now I work in production. Um, I think the access and the relatability to players is huge and I still feel that even having been retired for over, what, 10 years now. But the sense of community within the women's football um, atmosphere, environment, is just, it's just such a positive, uplifting thing. And I, you know, even going from playing, I never thought that the women's game, I probably knew that the women's game would get to this stage, but actually living it and experience it is, you know, it's, it's pretty special. I mean, look, from when I was playing, and I was pretty lucky, because I think I was on the cusp of being a full-time athlete, but not professional, so I was working full-time. And now seeing the players as I was on my way out retiring, seeing them becoming professionals. And like the key things that we always wanted were really good pitches to train on, great facilities, and great sports services. And you're getting that now, because that actually makes you feel like a professional footballer. So being able to do that day in, day out, I just say, like, I live, I, my whole career was, like, tired, hungry, and sore basically and having to train in the morning go to work and then train in the afternoon you know you can only be at a certain optimal level when you're doing that because it's really it's tough you know training full-time four or five days a week um so the fact that all the players can actually purely focus on football is it's great it's what we always wanted it to get to so to actually see it happening now is is i don't know it just makes me really proud to have been part of the story of that and to have experienced it on both sides Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Danae Moore, I'm an artist, I'm a massive Arsenal fan and I play grassroots football. I think what I love now is the visibility. I think more than ever, women's footballers are being given a platform which I think didn't happen before. And when I was younger and I played football like since I was 10, I didn't see the women footballers. And I think now I see a lot of young girls, they have people to look up to, they can watch women on TV. And I think that's like a massive change and I think that'll make a big impact on the future of like women's football. I think I'd like to see more pundits and I'd love to see a lot more um, kind of actual like journalists and stuff on TV and like representation on the pitch as well I think. Once those aspects like are open to more women I think that would also make it more approachable because again I think women um, just even as spectators um, if they don't see themselves on TV, I think that's going to make a massive difference. Let's talk about content around the women's game. That's definitely growing and creativity as well. I mean, if you guys aren't making cool content, you're involved in it. I know you had some kind of, you've done stuff with Nike and Copper 90 and Sports Direct, just to name but a few. Um, what makes good content? And do you think the, making content within the women's game it's different to the men's game. It, I, I guess, yeah, because it's a different audience. Like, but it doesn't have to be. But I think you have to get creative. So basically, I feel like with women's football, like coming from a grassroots point of view, nobody was really looking at women's fo- like women for the football. So I think women got creative and said, okay, cool. So like, let's form these clubs that are almost almost like sororities. Like, there's this community, and you can almost. I can look at someone and say, oh, I know what team you play for. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if you're not going to look at us for the football, cool, look at all this other cool shit we can do. And that's kind of thing, that's what we had to do. And I think that's kind of what's helped get us where we are. But I think when it comes to content around football, it should be exciting because you're, it's, you're not making an advert for a fridge. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's, no, but like, hear me out, right? Like, like you in your life, you will, you'll change your missus, you'll change your job, right? You'll move house. You don't, you don't change a football team, like... <laughs> That deserves a round of applause, I think. Like, it stands for so much more than just a game. Like, so I think you have to get creative with it. It's important. I was in a cab the other day, and a cabbie said exactly the same thing to me. He was an Arsenal fan as well. He was like, loose, you change this, change that. And he was like, but you don't ever change the Arsenal. I was like, all right, cool. I think it's worth touching. There are, for me, I think there's differences in the women's game in terms of access, right? It just feels like accessibility in women's football is different. And that's not something we ever want to lose. Um, Do you think that kind of authenticity will change as the game grows or how do we hang on to that? I hope it doesn't. I I think that is one of the dangers of, of, you know, the the sport growing. All of us want to see the sport grow to to a more elite level, you know, across the board. Um, but one of the things that I think that I would say the majority of people want to keep is that authenticity and being able to see yourselves within the players 
And I think that's why we feel so passionate about them, right? Because like some of those players got given their kit in a bin bag, like when they started their <laughs> career way back when. And like, we can still relate to that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, when you see other players coming through, you know, like, uh, you know, if we're talking about the Euros, like Toon and Russo, they've had a completely different experience to Jordan Knobs or, you know, some of the older players. So it's very key to keep that. And I think one of the ways to do that is through sort of authentic storytelling. Because you can see someone in a boot campaign and it's it's sick and we want to see that. But at the same time, like we want to know them as people because essentially that's what they are. And I think that's what is kind of lost on, you know, big um, sort of commercials and stuff. Hands down, like touching on that, uh, when I played football at uni, our coach, she she was, she was playing in WSL1 uh, and she was coaching us, our uni team, and she also worked at another uni down the road. So it's like, that that's nuts. So when you see like women's football getting this exposure and stuff, it's, it feels like one of your own, do you know what I mean? You can't help but be gassed for them, so yeah. That was gonna be my next point was, one of the differences is also the stories and the journeys that players have gone on and, and how open they are to share those stories and those journeys. Um, I think we're really lucky that they still feel comfortable to do that, that they're still given platforms to talk about their journeys and it just makes them much more whole as a person. Will that, will that be fair? Uh, hands down, like, it's, they just feel like real people, do you know what I mean? Because I feel like probably two years ago, like, I don't know, like, they couldn't have predicted what was going to happen, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, we can listen to Drake on his sixth album, but I can't relate to living in a mansion and, do you know what I mean? Like, that's, it's not relatable, but when you hear someone like that, like, it's, it's inspiring. I think, you know, we've seen some of the stories that are often told, you know, your Fran Kirby's, um, I remember Jade Moore, used to, we used to get talked a lot about Jade Moore's um, heart, you know, there is so many like key stories like that, but let's be real, they're, they're not getting into women's football for the money. You know, they're not being given a pathway from the age of nine academy to kind of play all the way up. And it kind of gives you that, like you say, that you can relate to that, right? The the hard work that's gone on before. But as you say, there are now players coming through who maybe have a, a very different journey. And it's just making sure, I guess that's what we want to say to clubs, is to hang on to that authenticity. And you'll get a chance to kind of put your ideas on the board as well of what what you think needs to be held on to, what needs to change and, and how clubs can kind of ensure that we don't lose that in the women's game. Um, this kind of content and culture, I think we've touched on it here, it's starting to shape an identity. How would you kind of define the, the identity of women's football? That's quite a hard question. Or if you were to, like, how would you want it to be going forward? I was going to open this one up to the audience. Huh? Smart idea, yes. That, I mean, happy to do that. Do How would people like women's football, the identity to be shaped? What would you want, if you were to tell someone who's not involved in women's football at all, why should they come, come to a game? What makes it special and unique? What do we need to hang on to? Have I made that really difficult? Are we going to have to get microphones out? I can run, I can run to someone. Don't be shy. Honest. Yes. Yes. Bang on Milner. <laughs> used, to be a, used to be a right wing at Dulwich Hamlet, I'm just saying. Uh, just a, a safe, friendly environment. I think going to men's and women's games in the past, I go to men's football games and I'm like, I always say like, if I ever had kids, I wouldn't ever take my kids to a men's game. I just wouldn't, especially nowadays, like the colorful language that you get, swear word, every other word, just doesn't feel that safe, especially as a woman as well. But when you go to the women's games, you're just like, damn, this is, this is nice. This is like, 
a great environment you're there you're there for the right reasons you can take kids you can see kids you can see families and like it just feels like a really good day out I don't like and that's what I want to keep protect the vibes yes excellent love that and I think we can still have that and still have rival fans or away fan sections or whatever that might be you know allow fans to come and sit together I think we'd all agree that we would maybe want to all sit together at a, at a game with our, our fellow fans of that club but we can still maintain that vibe can't we yeah definitely but now this means I can't swear yeah, I suppose game <laughs> well just don't sit next to her yeah. and you should be fine um more hopes and predictions what do we want for the players going forward like in terms of how they experience it experience the game and and the growth we're still seeing across europe how things aren't all rosy for uh, for clubs um or for national teams so what what do we hope for the future there i think that i think there's still like a massive disparity between clubs and players that needs to be leveled out and and that hopefully will come as the, as the game grows you can obviously look at the top sort of three four clubs and it's a very different situation to the bottom half of the table or mid table teams some of them anyway um so i don't have i don't have the answers <laughs> to that but um i think yeah that's it's probably like a wider like league and club issue but it w- for us like we want all the teams to be supported in the best way in the players because we want to see the best football on the pitch like that's the end goal um and that's for the it's for us to say look this is what we want but it's also for the people at the top to make it happen I think it's quite unique as well that players in the women's game feel comfortable, confident enough to use their platforms to stand up and talk about things when they're when they're not right. Um, and we need more of that. But I'd, I'd also like to see a bit of a, a roadmap being created for developing a women's team and growing women's teams. It's not a bandwagon to jump on. You can't just decide you want a women's football team <laughs> one minute and then realise a couple of years down the line that it's, it's a bit difficult and you know, you don't invest in it the same way. I think we've seen from Arsenal, they've been leading the way in this for a long, long time. That must make you really proud. Absolutely, hands down. I think like one thing I'd like to see is, I feel compared to the men's game, where the men's game is a lot more international within like the home league, Like I would love to see, like, whereas Arsenal, Man U, Everton, West Ham, using your local area and, and build people up because... I don't know if everyone's seen that Rio Ferdinand documentary about like like a mad disproportionate number of people that play for England come from South London, and it's like maybe you're not like you don't really have much going for you, but you know football is a way out, and obviously the pay is not as equal. But you know if you're Crystal Palace, why not say look, let's invest in these cages and these estates, and let's go to these local schools, and let's just yeah you know, we can help elevate people like build up a really good academy. Do you know what I mean? I think that's that's a good way in so much more than football isn't it and I think something like this it's so much more than just what's on the pitch you know we've talked a lot about identity and it's growing identity and culture and women's football but it's just it's like I said so much more than just these great players on the pitch Um, probably the most important question I'll ask you today predictions for the match today please Someone outside said 3-1 so I'm going to go with that 3-1 I'm assuming that's to Arsenal I'm just going to assume that of course of course uh, yeah, I think I got asked the other, this the other day and I said 3-1 as well, so we can uh, we'll agree, agree on that. Go with that. 3-1? Yeah? Or do we want to say like 3-0 and just not give them a goal? 3-0, okay. Um, I wanted to give a little bit of time because we did have people offering up um, answers. So if there are questions in the crowd that people want to ask, put to our guests, please 
Put your hands up. Feel free. Yeah, I'll give you my mic. I like your outfit. It's very it looks amazing. This is quite hard, but I'll go for it anyway. I feel like lately, like in the past few years, we've seen quite a lot in like the men's Premier League and things like that of like allegations or um, like kind of, you know, situations of mostly like sexual abuse, but other, other things like that. And there's, it just feels like these clubs are too big to be held accountable or to have like any like real responses to these things. And I guess I'm just worried, like that would be my main fear that the women's game kind of ever gets there. And I don't know if you think that we're in danger of that or if it's kind of different, so it's gonna be okay. But I would hate to see maybe not sexual violence, but you know, issues of racism or stuff like that just swept under the carpet like they are at the big clubs. Um, in these women's clubs. Is the women's game in is danger of that? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think I think any big organisation is in danger. Anything that becomes massive is in danger of those things. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's not, on our, it's not on us, it's not our responsibility to pull these people up, but we need people in places of power that represent different kinds of people to make sure that that shit doesn't happen. And... Um, I can only give my opinion. I know I don't. Unfortunately, I'm not in that massive place of power yet. <laughs> um, Sorry, I, I touched on that. Like, I agree with what you say because, like, if you listen to these women like post-match interviews or anything like that, it's like, right, like you guys have personality, right? If you compare that to the men's game, like post-match interview, um, they, like they, they sound like a nine-year-old like these women like this way you're rooting for them like there's personality like they feel real so I hope that still stands I also think a lot of these players feel a collective responsibility to protect the game um, and we see that in a lot of their post-match interviews like I'm thinking of Leah Williamson right after winning the Euros and she's calling people to come down and support your club I feel like there is that collective responsibility in, in that the players feel it like they're responsible for making sure that this game grows and grows in the right way and I also hope I think we're very lucky that the way they use their platforms collectively like we've seen when Birmingham were going through the shit right they all came together to call out the issue and I hope that that's something that we keep in the game because when one team grows everybody grows and I hope that if if they maintain that integrity I'd like to think the integrity of the game will be protected as well any other questions it's sort of connected but hopefully slightly different um but it is about sort of like the game getting really big are you concerned as women's football fans um that the clubs that were around in women's football 20 25 years ago when arsenal was, was probably at their peak perhaps aren't around so much anymore and now you're getting the clubs that are successful in the men's game trying to create women's teams and therefore, it's not necessarily the right women's teams being in the right place. It's the teams that are getting the support of the men's money into the women's game. Are you concerned about how the women's game might be influenced effectively by the men's money coming across to the women's game? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, we're in a place where if we're going to get, if, you know, if we're going to get clubs succeed, we, they need money. And, and that right now, it comes from the men's side. So... Um, and they've looked at like Newcastle in tier five. They got like twenty thousand people at their game a few like six months ago or something, and they're getting a lot of money given to them to hopefully like work up the leagues. But without like a uh, a big in, a, pri a big private investor, 
at the moment, the only way you're probably going to see money put into squads is through men's sides. And that's essentially what they're going to have to rely on for the minute. Um, am I worried about it? Not, I don't think so. Not too worried as long as it's done in, in the right way. Um, but I know, you know, team teams have like fallen by the wayside, like, you know, Doncaster Bells and, and things like this. Um, it's a difficult one because essentially like it needs investment. Um, and right now that's where the investment is. Um, how do we get more of the women in this room or rooms like this at the top table? So running the clubs, making the decisions. Can you ask, answer that question for me, Ish? <laughs> I wish I had the answer to that. Asking for a friend. <laughs> um, we could choose not to leave the room and then they don't have a choice. If we just stay, camp out here now. <laughs> it's a bit of an age-old question, isn't it? You know, how do we, get, how do we break down the door, essentially, that's locked already? Um, I think it's important to, you know, once the door is broken down by somebody, if there's somebody in there, there's a bit of pressure on that person to help bring people through, you know? And I think when clubs are looking at giving out jobs in certain spaces, they need to maybe search a little bit harder and not go for the easy option that's like right in front of them. And also give people a chance. Like, you know, their CV might say something, but it doesn't mean they're necessarily the best person for the job. Um, so that would be, <laughs> that's what I'd kind of say about it. Although I don't run a football club. I feel like <laughs> as well, annoyingly, like these things will take time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, which is annoying, but yeah. I think if you look how far we've come over the years, it should give us, it should inspire us and kind of help us feel hopeful. It is hard work, as you said. We do have to keep pushing. But I think, you know, elevating each other, I think that's a real strength in the women's game is elevating each other. And when there's an opportunity that maybe doesn't suit you, but you know someone that it would suit you know, put their name forward because I, I said this about the clubs and maybe it sounds a bit wanky, but when one of us rises, everyone rises and, and you do break that door down, you do like leave a, a path or footstep for other people to follow in. So I would say we've come a long way in quite a short space of time. Um, and it's just a case of, of continuing to use our voices. Yeah. And you know what, like a good example, like props to Arsenal because in motion, which is the agency that helped put this together, which I'm a part of, Salon and Al, who's not here today. Like we're a relatively young agency. We've only existed for about a year or so. And they gave us this this responsibility. And for us, like that's a big deal. So it's just, it's little things like that. And what we can do is go and go away and tell everyone how great this is. And maybe you can tell your friends who are, are in a different club, this was put on, this was really cool. This is something Arsenal's doing. Why aren't you doing it? Um, so yeah, I think stuff like this will just will just keep growing in the game and getting bigger and bigger hopefully and you will all be given are all given an opportunity once I wrap up here to give your ideas and, and give your input on what could change what could improve um, as I said I think we all have a collective hand in shaping how the game grows so knock yourselves out please and thank you for joining us thanks guys thank you Um, yeah, my name is Salon Andy Hickman. Uh, you may have heard me on the pod uh, from Tuesday. Yeah, I speak a bit about football here and there. Uh, work for the education charity Football Beyond Borders and run a creative collective called In Motion, where who are working with Arsenal at the moment. Any minority in a in a majority thing has has a like very close bonding experience because they're fighting against something that's told them like their thing doesn't matter. So in the context of football generally, the men's game. Everyone loves men's football, so it's really hard to find like your small communities that 
you identify with, you feel like you belong in. Women's football is like an ecosystem, and there's ecosystems within the women's football system. But as a whole, it has this sense of like solidarity, camaraderie of like we've got something really special. We all care about it so much, and we will fight to like the end to make sure that it, it retains that closeness and that community. And we don't want it to follow the script of what the men's game has done, and we will make sure that that happens. So I think that's the thing. The people, I guess at the heart of that is the people. I'm really worried about governance um, and where we go next. I think we hear a lot of people calling for investment and we heard it today on the panel about we need more money, we need money to do stuff. Of course we need money, we need to pump money in so that players are paid fairly, so that we can have the best facilities. Like If you look at the gap between the, the, the WSL and the championship and the, those facilities and the investment that the clubs have, it's huge. So you need to start bringing teams from the lower divisions and, and bringing them up with the same sort of investment. However, investment has to be coupled with good governance because if we have shit governance and it's all and actually the priority of governance is to make more money from this product, which is what the Premier League has been for the last however many years, we will go the same way. We'll have extortionate wage bills, we will have um, shallow corporate investment we will have we'll lose that connection because it will feel so unfamiliar and the, the players won't feel like they're close to us anymore because they'll become so protected and so celebritized that they're not what makes them what we've loved about it so far so a lot of investment yes for the right things facilities good coaches paying players fairly married but, but to, with that investment good people who get it to govern it and say right this is what we will do with the money this is what we won't do with the Upfront is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 